Good Thursday, everyone. Welcome to the VolQuest.com mailbag podcast presented by our good friends at Blue Water Climate Control. Be sure and check them out at bluewaterclimatecontrol.com or give them a buzz at 865-299-2290. That's Blue Water Climate Control for all the very latest needs that you have for your HVAC units. That's Blue Water Climate Control. They're going to do the right repair the right way the first time. That's at Blue Water Climate Control. So again, be sure to check them out online. You can book uh, your um, appointment online. Uh, they will, whatever you need, they can take care of you at Blue Water Climate Control. Plenty to get to in this podcast, as you would expect, as Tennessee is approaching um, just now 14 days from uh, game day and uh, Bowling Green coming to town. So we'll jump right into them. And um, apparently everybody, Austin, thanks to you, wants me to mention screen names. So here we go for your comedy and viewing pleasure and listening enjoyment. Devo182 wants to know how many quarterbacks are going to play in game one, how many will play versus Pitt, and who do you predict to win the backup job? Who wants to take that one out of the gate? What a shock that we have a quarterback We have a quarterback question right out of the gate. Uh, I think it depends on how, what the score is of game one. You know, I mean, I think potentially you have, you know, all three play, but I think ultimately um, two, at mo- or two at the least, and uh, I think Hendon Hooker is your backup to Joe Milton. AP, the two play or see how to phrase this. Did they go in planning to play two? Do you think like the, the competition is no. still going on, or the backups just going to get some more work? I, I think in their mind, this is a game that Tennessee should win uh, handily. So I think they go in thinking they're going to play two, but I think ultimately Joe Milton's their guy. And after that, you know, I think it depends on how the game is uh, going. My prediction is if they put out a depth chart, which I believe they will, it will have um, a starter and then the backup will be bracketed. And I think Joe Milton will be the starter and I think the backups will be bracketed. And I think the uh, likely scenario is they play three in game one and then game two, they're probably hoping to play just one quarterback. In game two against Pitt, if you're playing multiple quarterbacks, uh, that means either you had an unbelievably great day, Rob Lewis, or you're having some struggles at the quarterback position. Uh, so I think the plan in, in week two, because I think that's going to be a close game, would be to just play one quarterback versus Pittsburgh. I completely agree. Let's go to Volgrad 08. Who are the best silent commits from the early 2000s that never signed with the Vols? Well, that would be uh, Ronnie Brown, Carnell Williams. Didn't Carnell go public? And then, um, and, and then when, uh, when Cadillac got home, Auburn was waiting on him and he decommitted. Was that a public commit? I think that was a public commitment because that's what sent Auburn to shuffling to send everybody to uh, his house waiting on him when he arrived from the official visit, right? Maybe, maybe, maybe he did go public. I don't know Ronnie Brown was silent. Yeah. Um, oh gosh, that's a long time ago, Rob Lewis. I would say there's been – there was a bunch Rock of those Ber- guys. Rock Berlin? I mean, I don't, I, I don't remember. I mean, I can't remember all those, but I, I'm sure there were a, a Did Tim Couch ever tell him he was coming over? You were all over that one. That would have been the 90s. Late 90s. Yeah, I mean, I think he indicated he was coming, and then um, um, the state of Kentucky offered Elbert a job um, and, and everything there, and he ended up staying in, in the state of Kentucky and playing, playing there. But I think at one point he did indicate he was – he was coming uh, to Tennessee. A lot of guys on visits do that. Then they get home and things have changed a good bit. Um, you know, I don't know. I'd have to go back and do a lot of research. I don't care. That one caught me off guard uh, as to see 
Uh, there's there's been a bunch of those. Um, that was pretty commonplace. Um, I, mean, I don't I don't know this early two thousands. I don't know that he was actually a silent, but um, I think I think Michael Orr might have been might have told Philip at one point in time he was coming. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's probably right too. I saw this on the board the other day. Somebody was talking about Tennessee misses, um, and I guess this would have been in the nineties. But they mentioned Takeo Spikes as a guy Tennessee was in really good shape for, and and he ended up going to Auburn. Funny story there. Um, when I started to get to know Coach Garner, I asked him after I after I'd gotten to know him for a while. I said, "So, you know, I really thought Tennessee was going to get to Keo Spikes. I thought they were in a great spot." And he just kind of chuckled. He said, "Tennessee never had a shot with Keo Spikes. That was Auburn for months upon months. He just kind of um, played along in the recruiting game and took some visits. But Tennessee was never a factor, really a factor with Keo Spikes. That was always going to be Auburn. So um, you never know how those things go." All right, uh, next one. Who will take over the tight end job? Does Campbell have a shot, or will he have to develop throughout the season? I think this is Princeton Fant's job. Jacob Warren's two, and then Miles Campbell would be three. That, that's how I would see it. Now, there may be scenarios where Miles Campbell's on the field earlier than one of those other two, but I think right now it's Princeton Fant and Jacob Warren as the top two tight ends heading into the season. I agree. Okay. And the one guy that continues to impress is, is your boy Julian Nixon, you know, who – continues to make plays. He made a couple of plays in the scrimmage. Now, granted, he's not going against the top guys on defense, but, you know, still shows um, some athletic ability and, and you know, and we'll see if he continues to pick things up at that position. Yeah, I don't know how much he plays this year, how big of a factor is, but I think the upside for Julian Nixon is certainly there. Uh, he, he's had a very nice uh, fall camp for a guy who got here this summer and, and trying to pick up things. Uh, Beef Vol 44 wants to know what's the word on the baseball stadium. Nothing new. Um, fundraising's going on, obviously. We've seen Tony Vitello a part of, of that campaign on social media. Uh, I think there's design work still being done, and then you got to bid it out, all those things. There's, they're not going to break ground on anything with a baseball stadium until after the season, after this upcoming season at the earliest. I've always felt that way. Um, I just think it's to get everything in order and get everything ready and bid out. You're just not going to be able to start anything this fall and get it done. Uh, before baseball season uh, gets underway. So uh, I, I don't see any real movement on, on a baseball stadium project this spring. Um, I, I think it'll be up in the summer next year before they break ground on, on anything significant there. Uh, Iron Ball wants to know, first of all, he gave a shout out to Austin for making me read his name and everybody else's handle name. So um, good job, Austin. Uh, have y'all picked up any rumblings on who's been taking a leadership role on this team in camp? Uh, that has been a big void for the last several years. And reading what you have posted, I feel small, Cade, Matthew Butler, and Alante are in that group. Anyone else sticking out as a leader? Anybody? I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, think I, Matthew I, Butler and Alante have always embraced that. Yeah. I mean, he's a six-year senior. I mean, it's pretty natural for him. Yeah. I think he's comfortable. I think. I think – I'm not saying he's a leader, but I think he's comfortable uh, talking in front of the team. That's Joe Milton. Um, same thing with a guy like Jerome Carbon. You know, again, he's not like talky-talky, but like if need be, he can talk in front of his teammates and, and, and hold others accountable and be just fine. 
Pine Mountain Ball, to exceed your expectations this season, this blank needs to emerge over the next two weeks. Rob Lewis, what needs I mean, to emerge? Who needs to emerge? Quarterback. I mean, it's I mean, Captain Obvious, I know, but I mean, you're not, you're not getting very far if you're not getting good. I mean, better than average play at that position in this conference. Austin Price, you taking quarterback or? Any, or well, I mean, he's right. That's Captain Obvious. Um, to, to go elsewhere. Um, I think that, you know, Byron Young and or Roman Harrison or the tandem of the two have to be what they have been in fall camp, which is disruptive playmakers um, and guys that, uh, you know, can get in the backfield and make a play. So um, I'll go with those two guys combined. I'm going to go with the offensive line. I think quarterbacks are given everybody, everybody agrees with that one. And, and, and I don't dispute what Rob's saying. And, and I don't, I don't dispute your point, uh, Austin, because they need a guy off the edge where you don't have to blitz all the time. And Byron Young's generated a ton of buzz this spring, this fall camp. Does it, does it translate into the game field? Uh, when you get to games against other people, we'll, we'll find out. But uh, I think you also got to get that offensive line solidified and get some continuity going there uh, with those guys. They were better in scrimmage too. Um, I still think there's another level they need to get to with, with their play, both in pass protection and, and in run, and their run blocking. And can they get there? in the course of the next two weeks. Uh, Vol since 1996 wants to know when Vol calls is going to resume. That'll be next Wednesday night uh, that it is supposed to get started and get going. It will be at Calhoun's on the river again this year. And Coach Heupel will be there. He will not be there week one, um, but he will be there um, throughout the season uh, as coaches have been the last few years. Tampa Bay Trey, I know we have speed, but do we have any legit playmakers on the outside who will be able to consistently win one-on-ones in the SEC and have the ability to make plays on the ball uh, in the air against SEC corners. Do we have any Jennings, Palmer, or Callaway type receivers? Those guys always seem to have the advantage with the ball in the air and were dominant at times going up and getting the football. Seems like we seriously like that skill on the outside this year. Rob, where do you assess this wide receiver group? No, I think it's a big question mark. Um, I mean, you got Velas and, and, and Jalen Hyde back. I mean, it's not like those guys were, were world beaters last year. I know Jalen was a freshman, and, and you know, expectations should be tempered because of that. But both of them caught—I I think Velas caught 22 balls, Jalen caught 20, and and Velas, you know, I don't see Velas as like a, a huge downfield threat. I think he's more of a you know catch a short one, make some guys miss after it happens. I think Hyatt is your is your burner, but he is not—he does not have anywhere near the physicality of the guys he mentions, Jennings or, or Callaway. So, you know, I, I think Hyatt has great potential. I think he's got to get, he's got to get more physical, both at the point of attack and when you're talking about contested footballs. The guy for me that, that I'm looking to emerge is Callaway. I mean, just – I like his versatility. I like guys that play quarterback in high school that, with that athleticism. And the guy, you know, frequently you, you hear his names on, on the lips of coaches this, this fall camp. Austin, you know, I, I just don't think you know enough. Like, I mean, as far as the guy that's going to go get it in the air, Cedric Tillman's that guy. You know, I, I continue to, uh, you know, be in amazement at how much his game has grown. He kind of took what he did at the end of last year and then used the kind of new confidence, I think, that he's got under this new staff and has really just kind of continued to grow his game. Um, but he's the guy that's going to go get the ball in the air and win 50-50 balls. Um I'll go Anderson Kobe as a guy that I think, you know, nobody talks about that I think 
will have some, you know, some nice plays this year. I think the bigger question as opposed to who's going to high point the ball or win the 50-50 ball in the air is is the other part of the question. That's who can win at the line of scrimmage. And, and Rob, you mentioned uh, Hyatt and the, the question marks with his physicality at the line. Too many years we've we've heard, you know, can can the receiver core beat press man coverage? Can they beat press man coverage? This is another year you're going to hear that question a lot, and they're going to get tested early. We'll find out if they can beat press man coverage because I think that's a big question mark with this group um, and something that they're, they're going to have to grow over the course of the next couple of weeks and, and early in this season uh, if they're going to have success. I know you can scheme up some guys to get open, but at some point some guys are going to line across from you in your face and you're going to have to beat that guy off the line of scrimmage one-on-one. So we'll, we'll see um, who can do that in this group. Um, Austin mentioned he thinks that Tennessee will go into game prep mode this Monday. I think I said that, not Austin. Uh, but yes, I did mention that. Why would we waste a week and a half preparing for a game? We literally know a hundred percent we're going to win when we continue to focus on ourselves and getting better and don't even mention Georgia state because Bowling Green couldn't even compete with them, much less us. Here's what I meant by going into game prep mode. They're not, they're not necessarily going into scout of Bowling Green, but you're not putting the ball down at the five yard line and going 11 on 11 and scrimmaging each other for a hundred plays that part of camp is coming to a close. They'll continue to be um, nine on eight work, seven on seven. There'll be some 11 on 11 work, but you're not going to put the ball down and just scrimmage. You're going to make sure you're getting your guys legs back a little bit. Um, Rob, you're going to make sure that the guys are healthy. You're going to work on fundamentals and individual things. You're not going into a week and a half of prepping for bowling green. You may get a jump start on some pit prep, and things like that. But I think you'll take this next week, take a look at some future opponents if they do some unusual stuff that you need to prepare for. Um, but you're not just going to put the ball down in scrimmage. That, that that part of camp is over. That's what I meant by them going into more of a game prep mode. Yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's not 10 days of bowling green. Right, not 10 days of doing that. All right, Ramrod 495, Byron Young, dot, 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 Prime Kurt Majit or nah? Not really sure what that means. I mean, is, is, Byron, is, Byron, is Byron Young going to be Kurt Majit at his best out of the gate this year? I'm, I will say no. He's not going to be what Kurt Majit was at his zenith. But I mean, <laughs> physically, man, I think he's. I, I think he's good. I think he's got more burst. I think he's got more explosion than Majit had. Call me crazy. I mean, I'll need to see it. You know, on in. in on the field against SEC competition, but I, if you're just talking about that, those first couple steps and, and out of the gate quickness, I, I, this kid is is different. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I mean I think the twitch out of him is totally different. I mean, Majid arrived as a linebacker and kind of grew into an edge guy, um, and obviously what, before he hurt his hip was was a really good player. Um, and before he had to shut it down, I mean, he was going to play and, and have a chance to play in Pro Bowl. I know this. There's a bunch of NFL scouts that know who Byron Young is based on coming by and watching Tennessee practices this preseason. I'm not saying they've got him in the first round, Austin. I'm not – you know, we're not saying that. But I promise you, everybody in the – who is an NFL scout that's been at Tennessee's practice this preseason has written down Byron Young's name because of what yeah. he's shown on the practice field. It's kind of like, you know, when Willie Mays Hayes wakes up and runs the 40 in his pajamas and they go, who was that? 
you know. There's a little bit of that with Byron Young, for sure. All right, AP, two recruiting questions to you from uh, Anthron. Anthron, I don't know. Anyone, anything to see with defensive tackle Ben Roberts out of Utah since he decommitted from Washington based on the comments when he visited here? Okay, AP, Friday was your initial gut feeling on um, the wide from uh, Elick, Elick, I can't remember. Elick, still think he does something by then. Do you know if he's been accepted to Stanford? All right, let's start with Ben Roberts. What's the latest there? Do you think there's anything going to happen with Tennessee there? No, I'd say he's going to stay out in the Pac-12 and Oregon makes a lot of sense. All right. Uh, As for Elick, I've not talked to Elick. You know, I I get that he's had some crystal balls to Stanford. Um, So we'll see. Normally when that stuff starts going in one direction, it doesn't get reversed. Um, But uh, that's just kind of, you know, I've not talked to him. So I I don't know. I I do know he's been accepted. Um, So, and and I said by what next, by this coming weekend, I thought he would might potentially do something. Um, Yeah, I could, I could see something over the next four or five days. And the acceptance to Stanford was a given. It just had to go through the process. So there was, there's no shock or anything to, and he told you that he was not going to get into serious decision-making mode until that happened. But uh, I'm surprised that he was uh, accepted to Stanford Uh, with Oklahoma coming to the sec. Would that mean the return trip to Norman that was postponed due to COVID would be null and void? Will they still play the 24 game? I would say they won't since they didn't play the one last year. Think that's it. Do you think that that series just gets thrown away and Tennessee's looking for another game in 24? I think potentially. I mean, like, unless you're going to figure it out on the other on the other side in 25, you know, I mean, is, is Oklahoma going to be okay with just coming here and Tennessee never going there? Yeah, I mean, we don't know how they're going to do the pods. We don't or you know, how they're going to do divisions or any of that kind of stuff. So, um, or would you – I mean, that, and it would be weird to play them and have it not count as a conference game if they're in the conference, you know, which is a scenario you'd be in. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, again, that contracts for a home and home, but how do you do the home and home when it becomes a conference game before you can get the, the home and home agreement done? So uh, maybe Tennessee is looking for a game. That's a good question for um, Danny White the next time I get a chance to visit with him uh, about a couple of different things. All right, Brooks. 1972 wants to know if the game were Saturday starting five offensive alignment at what spots? That's easy. That's Darnell at left tackle, uh, Jerome Carvin at left guard, Cooper at center, Spragans at right guard, Kate at right tackle. Yeah, I think, I mean, that's where they've been off, off all camp. I mean, I, I don't, I don't see them making a change or doing anything crazy. I mean, they're going to cross train some guys over the course of the next week and a half just to, for contingency plans, if there's injuries or whatever, but um, that they have seemed pretty settled with, with that group for, for a while now. Um, MB Morris 94, is there a read from anyone in the program about what the transfer implications might be for the eventual third string quarterback? Classes have started, classes have started most everywhere. Um, I don't think anybody's going to leave right now. Um, I, I think that, the three quarterbacks who are here will be the three quarterbacks on this roster for this season. And then who knows, everybody looks at their options after that. Uh, Hendon Hooker's not going anywhere. If he transferred again, he'd have to transfer down. Um, he's not going anywhere. And um, I don't see anybody else going anywhere right now. You guys may disagree, but I just, 
I don't think anybody's going to pack their bags up in late August and, and try to find a place to play. Um, no, I mean, I, my, my thing is, what's Mauer going to do? Is he just going to – I mean, like, is he going to come back and, and be a teammate or is he just going to sit out there and, you know, not have anything said? At some point, Josh Heupel has to put that one to bed because, like, some of these media guys – I mean, I know we won't because, like, you know, we've already moved past that on our site. But some of these media guys will continue to ask about Brian Maurer's status over and over and over again. And so on Heupel going, well, there's nothing new. <laughs> I mean, he's either there or he's not. You know, I mean, like, you know, here we are a week and a half past when he last was out there, Brent. I mean, you know, it, it, the fact the kid needs to move on or, or be back out there practicing. I just get the feeling, Rob, that that's about priority 7,084 for this football staff. That's, that's, that's oh, the I only, time, only time Josh Hoppel thinks about it is when he gets asked about it in, in his press conferences. Yep. And so um, I, I don't, I'm with you. I don't know what, I mean, I don't anticipate Brian Maurer is going to be here. Um, I mean, at this point, I don't expect him to be back. Um, where he goes, I don't know. Does he go anywhere until January? I'm not sure, but it serves. Sure doesn't feel like he's got any desire to be a part of the football program at, at Tennessee, given how long this absence from practice has drawn to now. Uh, Bud Wrigley, I know 2020 was supposedly a free year, but I keep hearing people talk about what year guys are counted as, and it sounds like last year counted. For example, is Jerome Carvin a senior or still a junior? Are, they, are the receiving crew of Hyatt and Jimmy's freshmen or sophomores? Thanks for the clarification. Whatever they were a year ago, they still are again. If they're they not listed be, that way in the roster, yeah. Do what, do what, Rob? They're not listed that way on the roster. I mean, like Jalen Hyde's listed as a sophomore. So, I mean, I think what the only the only time it's going to matter is when those kids get to their senior years. I guess they they all are going to have a chance to stay if, if they want. Is that you think that's going to be the, the situation? Yes, they get to uh, they get to pass go and do it all over again if they want so, to. Yep, if they want to. At the end, I mean, they'll be. That's, that's the only time it'll pop up. But otherwise, based on how the roster has been done this fall, they're in whatever class they, they should be. And then when their senior year rolls around, they can decide to stay one more if they want. Yes, unless they're politely asked to move on, which, you know, in some places that might end up happening. You never know. Uh, with in a lot people. of places. Yeah. Um, particularly when you're trying to manage your 85 number and, and – at some point, that's going to become a number that you're going to have to deal with and you're going to have to manage. And not everybody's going to have that be able to stay around, you know, when you sign a full class, unless there's some kind of relief to the 85. And there appears to be none of that coming down the pike. All right. Matt, 3128 wants to know, does Christian Charles uh, and Turnage take starting spots sooner rather than later? I don't see Christian Charles being a starter. I like his upside, but I don't see him winning a starting safety job at this point. Um, you know, Turnage made some plays early in, in, in fall camp, but Austin, I think you made a good point. I mean, here's a guy who missed a lot of time in football. He's still trying to get in football shape. Um, I think you'll see him play, but uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that's going to depend on how Warren Burrell plays and Alante Taylor plays early in the year, whether they open the door for a guy like Brandon Turnage or they don't open the door for somebody like that. The one thing that's kind of been consistently conveyed to me is that Turnage, you know, clearly understands how to work and gets out to the practice field early before everyone else, puts in extra time. So clearly he understands he's playing catch-up and is doing everything he can to play catch-up and, and become a factor. So, um, 
you know, in, in that realm, I think that that helps him potentially um, go and earn something, whether even if it's just, you know, hey, Warren Burrell needs this series off, Brandon Turnage is in, and I think he can help in that regard. All right, D. Hale wants to know, is team speed better than last year, and how is the linebacker group looking, running, tackling, and speed compared to the last few years? Rob, what do you think of this team's speed? Uh, I mean, I don't think I don't know that I would say it's dramatically different in any regard, better or worse from, from last year. I mean, is there uh, – I get you know, maybe Jalen Wright gives you an, an element at, at running in, in the backfield that you didn't have. Um. I mean, probably Jalen Hyatt's still your the guy that you're looking at to stretch the field. Uh, and I guess you got added some speed in, in the secondary with the transfers at cornerback and, and Charles, but I, I just don't think it's a dramatic difference other than our, our guy Byron Young off the edge. Now he's if you, if you want to talk about that the second level of defense, he, that's that's the kind of cat that they didn't have a year ago. Based off based off of the numbers, and of course we all go back to that picture. You would have to say yes, though. I mean, like when you factor in that three of their top five guys as far as speed were not on this roster a year ago, that being Deshaun Rucker, Javante Payton, and Jalen Wright, as Rob just referenced. So, um, you know, I would have to say yes, they are faster. Um, now, is it infinitely faster? I don't know. I I, I'm, I didn't have them out there in, all in a row and say run, you know, but uh, um, you're just looking off the numbers that were posted um, and then three of the five being not on the roster a year ago, I would say they have but, to be better than ambassador. Yeah, than my point in saying it's not dramatically different is how I mean, what kind of impact are those three guys going to have? This year? How big? Well, Wright's going to play, and and Javante Payton's going to play. Now I don't know about Deshaun. Rucker. You guys be your third back. I mean, you know, Javante Payton is in the rotation. I'm just saying. I mean, Javante Payton got to have 20, 20 receptions last year, <laughs> playing for Mike in a Mike Leach offense. I mean, it's not like he's, you know. To me, you're going to come in and set the world on fire. I think they have added some speed. I don't think that a bunch of guys who are returning from last year have suddenly got a lot faster. Um, I, I, and I think that's what, what you're saying. And, yeah. and Austin, that's what you're saying. They've added you – know, Christian Charles can run. There are some guys in. Um, but are those guys going to make dramatic impacts across the board? You know, I, we'll see. I mean, Peyton's going to play. Wright's going to play. Here's the other thing, too, about team speed. If you know where you're going – and where you're supposed to go, you got a better feel for that. Suddenly you play a little faster. So is, is, is a secondary guy who's got a better understanding of this defense going to play faster than he did a year ago when he wasn't sure where to go a lot of the times? I, I would think he probably will look faster. That doesn't mean he's gotten faster, but he could be a faster-looking player. As for the linebackers, I haven't seen a linebacker tackle anybody. Um you know, and so uh, we haven't seen that. Um, again, I think that group will play better because I don't think they will be as confused and as lost as they were a year ago. They will look faster because I think they're going to know where to go. Uh, obviously, Josh Heupel has said uh, that he likes the way that they've tackled the, the first couple of scrimmages, particularly scrimmage number one, said it was um, okay in scrimmage two, but they had a couple of open field tackles that they missed. But, I mean, I think that group is going to play better simply because they're going to be better coached and they're going to have a better understanding of what's going on in this defense. Cause I think that group of all the groups last year was, was lost, you know, particularly in coverage, but they were lost a good bit of the day. Uh, volunteered 87 wants to know if 
Uh, UT has a 3.30 home game. What time are you getting to campus on Saturday? What time are you leaving? Uh, bottom line, it's about a 12 or 13-hour workday for me. Um, so I'm getting to campus around lunchtime on 3.30 and then going home around, I don't know, 11 or 12 o'clock at night is when you get out of there on, on a typical game day at home. Uh, I'm seeing lofty predictions for Kentucky football. You obviously don't cover them, but do you know what their strengths are leading, in, leading to these expectations aside from the quarterback transfer excitement? Given Pitt's strengths and weaknesses, if position group blank plays above their potential that game, Tennessee has a great chance to win. Obviously, exclude the quarterback. Rob, you you broke down Kentucky in your in your preview. What's the love affair with Kentucky? Yeah, I, I agree with him. I'm not, I don't really get it. Um, you know, the transfer has got to come through a quarterback. The kid from Penn State. He, I mean, he threw 55 balls last year, and uh, you know, just a small sample size. I, you know, if he if he can do the job, then suddenly they look a lot better. Uh, they did bring back their leading receiver, Josh Alley. Um, really good running back. I mean, that's one of the best, most productive backs in the SEC, and Chris Rodriguez. He averaged over six yards a carry last year. Lost a lot on defense, though. I mean, um, and experience on the offensive line. So, I mean, the ground game should be solid, but it, so much depends on that transfer quarterback. And, um, you know, Kentucky, they, they lost – Three, three starters from the secondary. They lost the, the inside linebacker who was just a dude last year. Um, so I, I think they, they've got a, a lot to plug in on defense. Uh, Jamin Davis was the guy's name. Couldn't remember. I think that's, he had the pick six against Tennessee. So I'm, I'm with the poster to ask the question there. I, I'm, I'm a little suspect about some of these predictions for Kentucky. All right. Maybe what, what position group for Tennessee has to play above their potential for Tennessee to have a great chance to beat Pitt? I think it's offensive line, and that's good. That's for me doing the pit, going you know previewing pit. You like them off the edge? They they they've got three really good linebackers, and who were all productive a year ago, and they're all back now. They they lost two big time defensive ends, but they they have a very salty linebacking group that's that's veteran and highly productive. All right, turf nineteen sixty four. Your take on the defensive side of the ball? Are you expecting more from them first game than you were coming out of spring? By more, I mean a better overall performance. That's pretty obvious. Yes, for me, Austin Price. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this, you know, I think even on the podcast on Tuesday. I mean, the snap judgments by media, friend, or, you know, my buddies or fans or whoever after the spring was just I was like, you can't judge that group by what we just saw in the spring game. I mean, they basically had Brent, Rob, and Austin out there running linebacker at times. So, um, hey, man, I'm hell on wheels in the box. Uh, Eli Hubs is hell on wheels in the box. Um, you not so much, um, and unless you're driving the White Rocket, you know, I sixty five rolling with the uh, flow on fifty nine. Go ahead. Where's the flow? Um, yeah, I think they're going to be better. Now, are they world beaters? I don't want to say that, but I again, what they tried out there in the spring and and, and what they'll try out there against Bowling Green to me is night and day. All right. Uh, what do you see from the following this year? Morvin Joseph, Tyler Barron, Roman Harrison. Um, start there. I think uh, Roman Har- I think Roman Harrison's going to have an impact on this team because I think they found him at home and they've left him there off the edge. I think we all like where Tyler Barron is mentally right now. Morvin Joseph is a guy who's got to get much more consistent, and they got to find a role for him. Is he an edge guy on third down? 
um, in, in the Rabbits package? Can he play inside linebacker? Can he push for time there? I think Joseph is the one that's harder to see where his snaps come from. I think the other two are going to have real impacts for this defense this year. Yeah, if you're asking just pure snaps, Tyler's going to play the most, then Roman, and, 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 then, and then Morgan Joseph. All right. Anything else on the investigation since we're this close to the season? It's safe to say we won't self-man ourselves from a bowl game. It's a great question. I know that's being asked on campus, you know, that, that it's drawing near. Uh, would they put a, try to put a bowl game penalty in at this point with the season getting ready to start in two weeks? I don't know. Um, I thought it was interesting. Danny White made mention, I guess, Austin, that um, he got his hand slapped a little bit for talking about the investigation at a um, the Rotary, Rotary Club. Club function. And I think that was the chancellor who made comment to him that he don't need to be talking about the investigation out there. So I think we That's, probably heard the last comment from Danny White about the investigation. It says the person who got up there and said there was X number of this violation and X number of that violation. And it was a significant effort to cover it all up, right? The great <laughs> links to cover it all up. Um, who has a better year, the offense or the defense? Better be the offense, right, Rob Lewis? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it better be the offense. And it should be when you look at, you know, if you can find a quarterback. That's the biggest if in, in all football, you know, <laughs> when you put if in that statement. But I would, I would guess offense. All right, his final question is he wanted us something about a season prediction. We're not going to do that. Season predictions are coming next week. Final question of the Mailbag Podcast presented by Blue Water Climate Control comes from Chucks for him. Uh, I know you mentioned this on the Tuesday podcast, but help me figure this out. We have a shortage of bodies at tight end. We recruited Beckwith as a tight end. I know he's been a running back over the last year, but wouldn't it make sense to use him in a croom style role, a flex tight end? I have to imagine with his physical height and size, he could be a red zone weapon flexed out. Um, they recruited – I don't think they recruited him as a tight end, Austin. Didn't they recruit him as an athlete? I mean, at one point he was talking about receiver, running back, and then a hybrid guy. I think Florida was talking more about the hybrid guy. I think Tennessee was much more open to him at other positions, which was one of the things that attracted him to Tennessee, right? Yeah, I mean, Florida talked to him about being, you know – that hybrid tight end. Tennessee did too, though. I mean, like, Tennessee kind of just recruited him for whatever he wanted to be. You know, you want to play tight end? Sure. Want to play wide receiver? Sure. Want to be in the back? I mean, like, at one point, he's talking about, like, oh, yeah, they told me I can play quarterback. Sure, you could. Um, you know, so, no, I, I, it's one of those things where I'm not sure this staff feels like he can be physical enough out at tight end. Yeah, I mean, I think this staff is still trying to figure out what to do with him, Rob. He's got the size – but he doesn't have a home right now position-wise. So, yeah, so right. what does that home look like? Where is that home? I mean, I, it's it's way down the priority list, but if he's your fifth running back, as AP suggested the other night, then I'm, I'm moving. I mean, he's just too much of a physical freak to, to not try and find some, something to do. Even, even, even if you just put in a five- or six-play package with him flexed out you know, in the slot, I'm, I'm looking for something. Yeah, we'll see what they figure out to, to do with him. But obviously, to this point, it's been all about running back. And I think he wants to play running back. We'll see if he's any kind of factor there at any point in time this season. But he's certainly down the depth chart there. And I think he'd be down the depth chart at tight end unless you put in a specialty package, as you were talking about, Rob. We'll see how Tennessee uses these tight ends. I think that's part of this offense that nobody – that we don't really un know until we see it. Uh, because the tight end is a more integral part of this than you think, given it being a spread offense. So how they use the tight ends and what all they ask them to do 
uh, is something that I'm going to be watching the first couple of weeks of the season because I think those guys are really important for making this offense go um, in the different ways and do the different things that they want to do. So we'll see. Tennessee back on the practice field in just a little bit. We'll have coverage of that. Willie Martinez to visit with the media later today. We'll have coverage of that. And uh, uh, Tennessee players are going to visit with the media after uh, uh, Coach Martinez as well. So plenty of football coverage coming up uh uh, throughout the day today, we'll have some recruiting coverage coming up over the weekend. The War Room will be there uh, tomorrow on Friday as well. And um, some basketball recruiting coverage has been up on the site. So lots of things going on in the world of Tennessee athletics, and we'll continue to follow it for you. That's going to do it for this edition of the Blue Water Climate Control VolQuest.com Mailbag Podcast. For Rob Lewis and Austin Price, I'm Brent Hubbs. Thanks for joining us. Have a great rest of your Thursday, everybody.